0: Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know that our friends at Outdoor Edge have partnered with some great brands to help bring your fall full circle with their Field to Freezer to Fire giveaway. Here's how you enter. Go to their Facebook page and sign up to win some awesome prizes and packages from brands including Yeti, Weston, Bradley Smokers, and more. These are some awesome products that will help you process your game, keep your game in the freezer, and eventually cook it for your table. You have until January 15th to sign up, so take advantage of that. Outdoor Edge in the field. To freezer to fire giveaway. Go to their Facebook page and make it happen. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that, no spaces, NATION30, and you will receive 30% off your purchase.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And if you listened to last week's episode, You know that this episode, the one you're about to listen to, is the one that was originally supposed to release last week, but we wanted to get that information out to you guys a little sooner, so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, it was with Brian Banbury uh, with the ODNR, and we talked about the first wild positive CWD-infected deer in Ohio. So that was sort of a new development, and we wanted to get that information out to you quicker, sooner rather than later. So we flipped these two episodes and released that one ahead of this one. So you may hear things that, you know, maybe sound, oh, you know, a couple weeks out of date, or, you know, you may hear us talk about timing of things that doesn't make a ton of sense. That's because this episode, you know, like I said, was supposed to release last week. So with that being said, we're going to talk in this episode about the second rut. So is it a thing? What causes it? Timing, that sort of stuff. So stay tuned for that. Before we talk about that, though, we need to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio deer feed company. They're based right here in Ohio, and they try to source everything that they sell from Ohio. Their ingredients, even the packaging that they sell their stuff in, they try to get everything here from Ohio. And we've had really good luck with their their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which is a high-protein feed. It's more of a coarse feed, and we've had very good luck with it, honestly. They've also got straight mineral and flavored corn options, so lots of different things to choose from. So if you're interested in trying that out, go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors. You can find their information there, how to get in touch with them, and how to get some of their stuff. Now, let's talk about the second rut. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast.
2: Are you listening?
1: So, the second rut. We've been... I mean, by the time you guys listen to this episode, I think we'll probably be, you know, well past the second rut. But uh, we we've, we've been seeing, you know, some people talk about it online, and and you know, guys mentioning uh, still seeing rutting behavior or or seeing rutting behavior starting to to pick back up. So we thought we would talk about the second rut in Ohio. Um, if it's a real thing, um, you know, what causes that, timing around that, how you can maybe capitalize on that in uh, a hunting scenario. So basically, uh, <coughs> excuse me, basically, the second rut is, I, th- I think, you know, it's pretty well documented um you know not just anecdotally by by guys in the woods but uh you know backed by science um the second rut is a thing and you guys correct me if i'm wrong but i think there's it might not fall as uh, like on as a predictable of a day because i think there's two different Factors at play. I think there's. Does that didn't get bred. The first time around. And then fawns. Doe, you know does that were born in the spring. Are reaching a. Like a, a sexually mature. Stage in their life. They've gotten big enough. Which I think. Jeff you were saying. Is somewhere in, in like the 70 75 pound range. Once they hit that. That weight. Um, they become sexually mature and that depends a lot on the nutrition in your area. I would imagine because, you know, a, a deer in farm country is going to put on weight much faster than, than a deer in, you know, hill country. Um, but I think Jeff, you were saying that that was like that sort of sexually mature weight
3: yeah I mean it kind of depends on how cold it gets in that area um you know in the south deer sometimes will reach sexual maturity at a lesser weight um and then further north in like Alberta um Quebec you know sometimes it, it may be heavier it may be 80 you know to 90 pounds even um But it's kind of to make sure that they can both sustain themselves and a fetus through the winter. You know, so they have to to reach whatever weight is going to be able to sustain them, themselves and a fetus, through the winter.
1: Which that makes sense, too, that, you know, deer in the south just generally aren't as big as deer, you know, up in Canada or whatever. You know, they, they, uh, they just get bigger up there. Um, we also forgot to mention that, uh, (laughs) Jeff had something come up and so he's, he's initially joining us from his car, which is why his, his audio sounds a little different. Um, so he's, uh, (laughs) I don't, he's on remote assignment right now, (laughs) but, uh, he's on his way home. So, so yeah, um, where were the, so yes, the, the, second rut is in fact a thing backed by science um, and so we were talking about the the fawns reaching sexual maturity so when those fawns reach that that weight, that point in their life they kick off rutting behavior again because it's, you know doesn't matter how old they are, they're, they're putting off the same Scent and and things like that that are you know sort of trigger that that rutting activity that the you know the bucks out kind of cruising around and you know I think the reason why it's not as I don't want to say light switch because the rut doesn't kind of come on like a light switch but it's not as like mad crazy at least not that I've seen it, you know, being mad crazy, is you just have fewer deer that are putting off those pheromones and those scents, therefore triggering the bucks, you know, to be uh, behaving like they would during the rut. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have any, anything to add on that.
2: I mean, I would probably just kind of second what you have already said there jason i mean it definitely is a real thing definitely there's evidence to support it but i don't know that it rivals the we'll call it the first rut or the real rut um but it's definitely not a time to forget about you know what i mean there's a real it's a real thing it can really trigger your rut behavior like you said so if you I wouldn't necessarily plan my week of vacation around it because like you said, it's a little harder to pinpoint, but it's definitely not a time to after, you know, gun season or I guess when the second rut falls, like you said, it kind of depends, but I wouldn't necessarily hang it up after your week of rut because there still is some good time for good activity if you can find those either, like you said, does that are coming back around or the fawns reaching sexual maturity. Yeah. And I think the,
1: the fawns reaching sexual maturity is probably harder to pin down. You know, I mean, I guess generally, if they were all born, you know, the same week or so, um, you know, they would put on weight generally at the same rate. Uh, but, you know different deer are, are different, right? You see in others, you know, if, if they were, if there were twins born, you know, a doe had two fawns, you see it in other animals, right? A, A litter of puppies, you know, you'll get one that's, you know, the, the runt of the litter or, or, you know, one that's substantially bigger than the others or, you know, so, so you just have like, uh, those sort of Factors at play, and so the time that it takes those fawns to reach sexual maturity probably varies more wildly than the does that didn't get bred the first time coming back into estrus. That that is far more predictable, you know. Just like uh, you know a human's uh, <laughs> a human's fertile cycle, right? I mean, like you girls pretty much know when that time of month is coming back around, right? It's, it's science, right? It doesn't happen by chance. The, uh, so if a doe doesn't get bred or gets bred, but for whatever reason, you you know, wasn't successful, they'll come back into estrus. And I think I've actually mentioned this in the past, but I, and I should probably like find or bookmark a story, but I remember reading a story. It was, I want to say somewhere in New York where in order to, to control the deer population, they had captured all the does and done, you know, they, they captured them, tranked them and done some, you know i don't know basically like a hysterectomy or something on a doe to where she couldn't get pregnant well she still came in they they still came into estrus and so it it actually had no effect on deer population or maybe the opposite effect in that it caused bucks to flood to the area because it was just a bunch of does Continually in estrus, attracting bucks to the area. Hmm. So, I, I guess I tell that story to say, you know, they do, if they don't get successfully bred, they will come back into estrus and, um, again, sort of kick off that, that second rut. So, that, I think, Jeff, you were saying that that, they're, they're, um, what's it called an estrous cycle i guess
3: yeah i would yeah estrous cycle probably
1: it was it's, something like 28 days
3: yeah yeah it's it's roughly 28 days um obviously different individuals are different you know just like in any other animal or in humans you know different individuals are different but yeah you know it's rough it's roughly 28 days
1: because I, I was so, even reading an article um, from a university in Wisconsin saying, you know, that it varied like 17 to 22 days depending on the deer species. And so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, somewhere in that mid to upper 20 day, I would, have, I would say is probably a fair bet from, you know, that first week of... You know, seven, eight, nine, ten, November, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? If you back off that, you know, move out on your calendar, you know, say twenty-five days or something is uh, probably a good opportunity if you're trying to kind of pinpoint those does that didn't get bred the first time around, coming back into estrus and kicking off that that well. And maybe even before, it depends, you know, we had an episode on the rut and hunting the rut and like the phases of the rut. And so those does are going to start to put off those, you know, those estrus scents, right? Is that, Jeff, is that what you would say, right? They're going to start to, to put off scents and the bucks are going to kind of get into that cruising, checking, are they ready? sort of cycle
3: yeah i mean i i don't know how much seeking and cruising you know happens you know with the with the second rut um mostly just because the bucks are so tired right. by that point um so it's more of them stumbling upon uh, a hot dough and or you know i mean they are checking you know for scent and if they find you know active estrus scent they're gonna hang out in that area and try to find the doe who's doing that um but i don't know if it's as strong of you know cruising and seeking it's more of stumbling upon it yeah and uh you know once they stumble upon it then that then you know it's chasing and
1: right, yeah. You
3: never know where the deer are going to run, you know, when when chasing starts. Yeah. And when they're going to be active.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that would uh I guess when would you say that that type of behavior sort of kicks off again? Does that typically like around gun season or maybe just before the week of gun season? See,
3: I think it's usually just after the week of gun season. You know, it's, I mean, in Ohio, it's kind of in between that, uh, you know, the first gun season and bonus gun. You know, you might catch it during bonus gun
1: week. Okay. I just know you were saying you were uh, driving through the state, the weekend before gun season and was saying, you know, you were seeing a lot of bucks midday just like crossing cut cornfields or, you know, standing out in fields and stuff and was wondering if that's what you were witnessing yeah. or.
3: I mean, that I definitely could have been. Yeah.
1: Or maybe that was still the tail end of. That seems like kind of late, though, to be the tail end of the first rut.
3: Yeah, I I. All I know is that, yeah, bucks were definitely moving at that, at that time. You know, I was coming home from Thanksgiving with my wife's family and, uh, you know, it's she, her family lives South of Columbus. Um, I live in Northeast Ohio, so, you know, it's a little bit of a drive across the state and, uh, there, there was a number of bucks, midday, standing in fields.
1: Well, and I think that just, like, points to the the mystery or, or some of the, I guess, mystery, confusion, uh, mystery or confusion around the second rut. In that, I mean, that could have been, you know, you got... Ag country and through there, maybe those were some of the, you know, that behavior was being triggered by some of those fawns coming into, you know, reaching sexual maturity just after the the bulk of, you know, the the already sexual mature does went into estrus. You know, that maybe those were does fawns from the spring that were reaching sexual maturity, you know, a couple weeks behind the rest of the herd, if you will, you know, I mean, there's a lot of variables that play into that second rut. That's why we were saying, you know, it's kind of hard to like, okay, I'm going to set my calendar and hunt the second rut. You, you can set your calendar based on that, you know, 25, 28 day, uh, estrus cycle, but you can see rutting behavior in more than just, those two periods, I guess, is what I'm what I'm getting at. So well, I have... Yeah,
3: I mean, because of actual, you know, firsthand experience with seeing bucks chasing does, you know, late into the year. Um, I've never really had firsthand experience while in the tree stand. Um, but while driving around while driving, you know, I've definitely seen bucks you know, chasing does, you know, they are looking to breed that doe. Right. Um, and usually that's happening close to Christmas is, you know, when I'm, when I've seen it,
1: you know, okay.
3: within, you know, a week front or behind of, of Christmas. And, you know, I can't say, you know, I don't remember the instances well enough to say, oh, that was, you know, a, a mature doe that wasn't bred or if that was a, a fawn coming, you know, but that's that's the only time I've ever seen it is driving and it's like, wow, that, you know, that doe ran right out in front of me and that buck had its head right up its butt.
1: Yeah, I mean, that w- if, if that was a mature though I would guess like that would have to be the third cycle it had gone into based on that you know that 2028 20, right. you know some whatever whatever number you want to pick right um, which you know is certainly possible but yeah I uh, I don't know that I, you know I, I you can sort of watch it online. Right. That's one of the cool things about social media, right, is you can kind of watch that stuff pick back up just from what guys are posting online. I'm, to be perfectly honest, typically not in the woods a lot that that time of year other than extended gun. And I haven't hunted extended gun for a couple seasons now, you know, re- recently. Um, you know, it's typically gun season, the week gun season, maybe a couple bow hunts and then, and then muzzleloader. We're going to take a quick break here to talk about our sponsor Maston's Deer Scents. So Maston's is a deer scent company and they're a sponsor of this show, which we really, really appreciate. So Maston's isn't just a liquid scent company they also have scented gel crystals that you can refresh with their liquid scents they've got your scent drippers they've got deer scented candles so you know a a full estrus candle which you would think well what am i going to do with that well you use them in their what they call their double scent stacker so you put one of their deer scented candles down in this double scent stacker and then it heats a tray of liquid scent and helps broadcast that scent farther. It allows you to layer two scents together. So lots of cool things going on there. If you wanna check them out or check out what they have to offer, go to mastinsdeerscents.com or you can go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, find all of our sponsor information there. And if you order on Mastin's website, they ship it direct to your house so with that let's get back into our conversation about the second rut
2: yeah that's kind of my situation too i for some reason the way the calendar's fallen i haven't i've had to work every extended gun season the last few years but this year i'm off and i'm hoping to get a sit-in so i don't i mean we'll see i'm hoping that i can catch some Late rut, second rut, whatever you want to call it, late yeah. second rut. We'll see. I'm gonna see what the cameras are showing this week and see if I can get on one of the mature books on my property. But we'll see.
1: Yeah. So if you follow us on social, you'll <laughs> you'll know how it played out for us because uh, you'll you know by the time you listen to this, because this will be after that has all happened, but, uh, I guess a good plug to be, to be following us on social and, uh, yeah. So I don't know, Jeff, was there anything else you wanted to touch on on the second rut on this? I mean, we kind of talked about, yes, it is in fact a real thing. What causes it? And we didn't talk a ton about tactics on capitalizing on it other than It's kind of hard to pin down, so, you know, if you're in the woods and see it, then, you know, you know what's going on.
3: Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to get into, is potentially a little bit of tactics, or where to expect it, and things like that. Um, You know, because one advantage of the second rut is a lot of times it's being driven by fawns coming in the estrus who aren't as uh smart aren't as wear- wary of hunting pressure you know a lot of times fawns have had interactions with humans with hunters and that hunter didn't do anything you know it right you know, looked at you know i looked at it it looked at me and i you know i walked on by and you know so those things sitting in trees or you know, sitting in ground blinds aren't aren't anything to worry about. And, well, you know, so sometimes those fawns can lead big, mature bucks into danger.
1: Well, and I would think along, you know, you saying that got me thinking, <clears throat> along with, you know, not really understanding human or, or hunting pressure, they don't understand, you know, buck breeding pressure and where the you know like the good secluded cover is to where they can kind of get the bucks to leave them alone for a little bit so they you know may have a a higher tendency to just run around you know i'm just gonna run because i don't know what else to do this this you know this buck won't leave me alone and so you could you know as a hunter right you may see more of that that uh sort of out in the wide open chasing than, than maybe you would during, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I want to say during the regular rut, but like you could see some more of that just wild running around places you wouldn't expect to see deer because of these fawns coming into, into estrus.
3: Right. And especially or just catching mature bucks in habitat that is not necessarily ideal um, because the fawns kind of get pushed to that not necessarily ideal habitat because of the first rut. You know, the the bucks kind of chase the fawns off the does and, you know, so then those fawns just kind of get pushed into less you know ideal habitat and you know they kind of go to the to the areas where with higher hunting pressure a lot of times because they don't know to stay out of there you know they're they're going to people's backyards eating out of their bird feeder because it's like why not this is great you know there's food here every day and Mm -hmm. you know and they they don't know any better so that they can really what when they do come in the estrus, lead bucks into some really dangerous, you know, dangerous areas, drag them right into real high pressure hunting or even vehicle areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't How would you. Uh, as far as sort of capitalizing that on with, with hunting. I guess if you see something like that, don't, you know, don't be caught off guard and try to move in on, you know, cause they're probably not going far, you know, he's trying to get her pinned down somewhere and right. so maybe that's an opportunity to get out of your stand and kind of move into the, that area or what would you say well, on I, that?
3: I mean, I guess the, 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 the real thing is if you potentially have bait or a food plot or whatever and you're only getting you know fawns don't be too discouraged by that because one of those fawns might come in the heat and then every buck in the woods is gonna be coming coming there because that's the you know that's the doe that's in estrus right now you know so the buck's all the bucks are going to be around, you know, and potentially kind of speaks to the value of having late, you know, quality, late season food. You know, a lot of people focus on trying to get you know, food sources for early season while, you know, apple trees or, um, you know, food plots that you know or going dormant by now um, but if you have some of that late season food source you know whatever it is um, it can be very valuable especially you know this time of year because the bucks are drained from the first rut so they're tired they need to replenish their fat so they're they're looking to eat and then also, if you have food source, you know, that late season food source, your fawns may reach that required weight and come into, come in the That uh,
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Stay after it.
3: Right, right. Okay. I mean, I guess another thing to kind of point out is what areas you may see a stronger second second rut um you know areas that have a you know more does to bucks you know where the bucks that are there can't possibly breed all of the does you know there's just too many does if you have a poor buck to doe ratio yeah you know the bucks that are on hand just can't can't get to them all so if you're in an area like that or an area um similar to either either real like southeast ohio well most of southern ohio or uh northwest ohio for you know because uh southern ohio you get some really big timber and in those areas sometimes it's hard for for the bucks to find them you know because they have to travel so far to find the does in the big timber you know they're not in the one you know bedding area they're kind of spread out and so sometimes a doe can be missed sure and then in you know northwest ohio or most of western ohio um you have woodlots that you know a lot of ag field and then woodlots that can be you know, three quarters of a mile, a mile away from each other. And if sometimes there's just not a buck in that woodlot to, to breed the does. Right. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're just, they're physically separated from each other. So areas like that, you can anticipate a stronger second rut. Um, areas that, have you know all the deer are concentrated together it's you know not as likely for a doe to go unbred you know at least attempt to be bred sure um you know whether that that breeding is successful you know is a game of chance but it's a lot more likely that it's at least attempted to be bred where the does are, or where the deer are more concentrated and, you know, there isn't isolated populations around.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that all makes sense. I mean, I don't see. Uh, I don't have any argument against it. <laughs> so. All right. Anything else we should touch on on the second rut then?
2: I don't think so. I think we've covered it pretty good. Wow. I mean, other than, you know, just kind of like we've kind of been saying, don't, especially if you haven't got, you know, whatever your target buck yet, I mean, don't give up on this. Don't give up on it because there still is some opportunity. It's, you know, we can't tell you an exact date or time, but, it only takes them to slip up one time if you're in the stand in the right place. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, and don't don't be afraid to to try using estrus, you know, later in later in the season. Because bucks can still be very responsive to that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: You know, I don't overdo it because they'll get used to it, you know, and realize that oh, yeah, I smell estrus here all the time, but I never find a hot dough. Yeah. But, you know, if you just, you know, bust it out here and there, it, it, it can be successful.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, to shut this one off. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And like I said, make sure you're following us on social at uh, Ohio Huntsman on Facebook. And we're Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And we're always trying to keep you guys up to date with what we've got going on, what the ODNR has got going on, you know, harvest numbers, um, you know, any kind of pertinent updates with, uh, you know, hunting or fishing regulations. So make sure you're following us on there. And, uh, with that, we'll talk to everybody next week. Okay. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you all had a good new year's safe new year's and your hunting season has gone well. I know there's still some time. So if you're still looking to fill the freezer, you still got time and hopefully, you know, with everything going on this year, it's been a good year and There's things to look, certainly things to look forward to in 2021. So with that, I think we'll switch it off here and talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening.